Las Vegas Chapel, on a ship or in a park, in Hawaii or in Mexico, how about in a home or on a beach? I've even seen skydiving with parachutes or underwater with scuba tanks. <laughs> but I think most weddings, if not many of them, take place in a church, much probably like something like this. I mean, look around and let's think, not Sunday service right now, but maybe Saturday afternoon wedding. See the flowers set up, the runners, the ribbons, maybe a candle flickering and music quietly playing in the background. In our passage today, we're at a wedding in a small mountain village called Cana. And how many guests normally come to a wedding? Uh, some wedding, weddings are very small, maybe 10, then there's 20, 100, 200, if you like our wedding, 300 or more. Uh, I, I think, though, most weddings today would probably fit in a sanctuary like this, probably fit right in here today. Typically, in a small village like Cana, the whole town would come. And who are the guests at our wedding here? Everyone from your best friends, to that acquaintance from work, from your close family to those neighbors down the street. I mean, look around here today, and there are many of you who I know and I see all the time, but my guess there are also those here today who are visitors and like at a wedding, maybe new to this place and don't know anyone. But like a wedding, we're all here, all cleaned up, ready to go. We are called to this place. We are all invited guests. First, the wedding ceremony, then the reception. And today's passage is mainly about what we would call the reception. Uh, in Christ's day, the marriage procedure worked in a little bit different way. The wedding and the reception were spread out over time. Today, we do them all at once. So as ministers, we end up going to both the ceremony and then the same day, the party. And we have to watch that a little bit. Um, <laughs> we have to watch that wine. Uh, you might have heard of the story of the pastor who was coming home from a big reception where there was lots of lifting of glasses and, and toasting. And as a matter of fact, he still had his wine glass on his floor of his, of his car when he's driving home and the policeman pulled him over for speeding. And the officer said, sir, have you been drinking? And the minister said, only water. Then why do I smell wine? Asked the trooper. Then, looking up in utter amazement, the minister said to the officer, Lord, he's done it again, water into wine. (laughs) 
in our passage today, the wine for the party runs out. Famously, Jesus has large jars filled with water and then miraculously changes that water into the finest wine. Now these vessels are used to store water for ceremonial bathing. That is washing that not only makes the outside clean, but legally fulfills the religious requirements of the Jewish law too. Wash your outside in hopes of cleaning your inside too. Huge amounts of bath water. Water meant to make us acceptable to God again. Wash away our daily sin. Jesus takes this water of the religious ritual and changes it into sweet wine. Wine that satisfies like no other. He has come into the world and the daily religious cleaning is no longer needed. You are now cleaned up forever. Now is the time to celebrate with the Lord and enjoy his sweet gifts. You ever find yourself sort of holding your breath at a wedding to see if the couple's actually going to go through with it? I mean, are they going to really do the I do's? And you know it's kind of a done deal, but when the minister says, let him speak now or forever hold his peace, do you sort of glance around the room over your shoulder, see if anybody's going to raise their hand or stand up? Will it really happen? Will they make that promise? Will it finally come true? For the Jews of, our time, of the time of our story, they too had been waiting. Waiting and planning and praying for their Messiah, their Savior. Will it happen? Will the Lord really deliver us? So they waited and washed with the water from those large jars. And they washed, and they washed, and they washed. And they made washing the preparation for the coming of the Messiah the most important thing. The getting yourself ready for the wedding rather than the wedding itself. John the Baptist told them the wedding had started and they were still making themselves ready. The Messiah had come and they said, no, we have our washing to do. I think we do this too. The famous philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said, Christ turned water into wine, but the church is succeeding in doing something even more difficult. It has turned wine into water. <laughs> what he meant was that we keep trying to turn the sweet wine of our Savior's gift back into a set of rules. The first thing we want to focus on is to make sure that we're clean enough and pure enough to be in the church? Have we cleaned up ourselves enough to be before God? We want to compare ourselves with others to see if we belong. We seem to want to wash and wash and wash ourselves before we try to approach the Lord to be good enough for God. The problem is you can never make yourself good enough. You can't wash enough. Just think, we, we live in a closed system so that water that rains over our mountains is the same water that evaporated and formed clouds thousands of miles away. True, we may be washing ourselves with the water that once flowed in the River Jordan, but more likely we try to clean ourselves with water that probably once washed out a barn. We are covered with the impurities of this life. 
You may have set aside your torn clothes and put on your Sunday best to go to a wedding or to come here today, but you can't wash away all that burdens you. Bring your brokenness here. Your physical pain, your broken relationships, your worry, your anxiety about the future, your sin, the sin that eats away at you. You may have tried, but you know that by your own deeds you cannot wash yourself clean again. You may look good on the outside, but soon you'll go home again and the world's struggles will be waiting. Jesus went to that, into that wedding and said, this wash water, full of impurities, is no longer necessary. I'm here. Your waiting is over. Have some wine. Have the best you've ever tasted. Be satisfied. Be at peace. If that's what Jesus can do with water, think of what he has done for you. He's washed you once. Once. And that was all it took. He could have, you couldn't have been washed cleaner. Hear what Christ did for you. In holy baptism, our gracious Heavenly Father liberates us from sin and death by joining us to the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are born children of a fallen humanity, but in the waters of baptism, we are reborn children of God and inheritors of eternal life. By water and in the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the, whole, of the, Christ, of the church, which is the body of Christ. As we live with him and with his people, we grow in faith, love, and obedience to the will of God. Not a lot of water. Just a sprinkle on your forehead. That's all Christ needed. Not gallons and gallons stored in huge jars like at this wedding at, at Cana. Just a few handfuls. Christ died and rose again with the promise that you will too. When he washed you with the water, he cleaned you up so that you can have everlasting life. No need for all that ceremonial washing anymore. No need for that water. You might as well just pour it out on the ground. Or wait. Better yet, make it into wine. New wine. The promised wine. Wine from that land that flows with milk and honey. You are a new creation. The angels in heaven rejoice, celebrate with the Lord. While the Old Testament Jewish people waited for their coming Messiah, they washed and they washed, trying to be clean enough for God. They heard God's promise through the prophets like Amos who said, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the mountains shall drip sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. And still they waited and they washed. How much water does it take to wash away my sin, they worried. Then Christ, God made man, came. And all the water and all the oceans couldn't do what he did. John the Baptist declared of this man, Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And with one little handful of water, you were washed clean. And you heard this promise of being washed away the sins of those who are cleansed by this water and bring them forth as inheritors of your glorious kingdom. Sisters and brothers, you've been washed clean. You have peace with the Lord your God. Ordinary water cannot wash away the troubles of this life no matter how much you pour over your head. 
but that little sprinkling of the living water marks you with the cross of Christ forever. Now celebrate with the sweet wine your Lord has given you. He took the water of endless repetitious washing and turned it into the best wine at the party. He took you, a poor broken soul covered with this life's burdens, and made you a new creation. In our passage today, we see Jesus dealing with the elements of our life. Water, wine, and Christ physically coming there to be with the people. In the waters of baptism, he came to you. In the meal at the table, he comes to you. These are called sacraments, which means it's a sign that contains what it signifies. Ordinary water combined with the Lord's promise becomes an outward sign that contains Christ. Regular bread and wine, symbols of his, blood, his body and blood, actually contain his comforting presence. The water doesn't change. The bread and wine remain the same too. But the Lord himself comes to you through them and claims you as his. Yes, Jesus can turn water into wine, and we see it here in our passage. But he has done something even greater with you. Simple water and his promise, he washed you. And you were changed from a lost, broken soul into his own, ready to sit at his table and savor his sweet wine. I know that in baptism you were changed. Your need for washing with water was fulfilled and the promise of Christ became wine on your lips. At this rail today you will find that sweet wine. The powerful blood of our Savior poured out for you. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Remember the promise of the one who changed water into wine. The one who changed a lost sinner like you into one fit to spend eternity with God. And take comfort in the words of your destiny when you will stand before him and hear, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Amen.